God's word. Someone uh, asked me the other day what tie I would wear on Easter Sunday. And I said, I already had it picked out. And it's a red tie. And you may notice that it's got a cross on it. Probably made out of, like, the spikes. And on there it says, paid in full. And somebody said, well, that seems like an odd tie for an Easter morning. Shouldn't that have been like for Good Friday? And I said, no, I think uh, Good Friday has a connection with Easter. Kind of proves, Easter kind of proves that Good Friday was not in vain. I don't know if you ever thought about this. You know, Good Friday does not really pose a problem because the world understands death. I mean, read the newspapers, turn on the television. I mean, death is forever with us. The funeral homes never go out of business because we are a death-sentenced generation. I mean, read the obituaries. They change every day because people keep on dying, mostly older, sometimes younger, and sometimes the very young. No one, as they say, gets out of this alive unless Christ decides to come back first. So the world doesn't really struggle with the notion that 2,000 years ago, at the edge of a Roman Empire, a man named Jesus died. They have no problem with that. That Jesus is dead, or that he died, is no problem. But you know something? The world has enormous problems with Easter because the world doesn't really know anything about resurrection. We have this nice, neat little category for death. I mean, if we see a hearse followed by cars, we know what that's all about. But we have no, no category for rising from the dead. So, what difference does Easter make? Suppose I switch that question around and ask it this way. What difference would it make if Jesus had not risen from the dead? I mean, what would be different in our world today? I mean, if we found out that conclusively that Jesus was still in the grave somewhere. Maybe some of you remember, actually, a few years ago, somebody said that. They had this so-called lost tomb of Jesus that they had found. I mean, what difference would that make if they actually found Jesus' grave? What difference would it make if his bones were still in that grave? I mean, that question may sound shocking to you on an Easter Sunday morning. Uh, maybe it even sounds a little blasphemous. I don't know, but I'm going to ask it again. What if Jesus did not rise from the dead? What if Easter never happened? You know, something that's really a pretty good question. In fact, it's a biblical question. Did you hear it in the text that I just read? 1 Corinthians 15, 12 to 20. Seven times in that little text... Paul uses the word if. He's raising the question of contrary assumption in order to show us how much hangs on the bodily resurrection of our Lord. It's almost as if in this section Paul is playing devil's advocate in order to teach us what really matters the most. And we need to be reminded that we need to be reminded more than just on Easter Sunday what an astounding miracle lies at the very heart of our faith. I mean, you stop and think about it. I mean, I thought about it again this morning. 
I was rereading this text, and I was looking over my notes, and I just thought, man, what an absolutely incredible thing you and I believe in. A dead man coming back to life. You know, sometimes we just forget about how amazing that sounds. I mean, after all, go to the cemetery today and sit out there and wait for a resurrection. You're going to wait a long time. There are lots of people going in, but I've never seen anybody coming out. You see plenty of funerals, but when was the last resurrection you ever saw? I mean, what are the chances of a man who had been brutally tortured and beaten and crucified and then buried and sealed in a tomb being raised from the dead? The odds are pretty much against that. I mean, you can't start with what your eyes see or what you can figure out. You can't trust your feelings. You can't trust your emotions because all of that kind of stuff can play tricks on you. So when it comes to this passage that I read to you to begin today, we need to be very calm and we need to be very clear-headed. It's almost as if that just for a moment, Paul said, I'm going to step outside the church and I'm going to look into this church now. And I am going to ask a question. And the question is, what if Jesus didn't rise from the dead? What if? Well, he answers that by showing us four disastrous consequences if Christ did not rise from the dead. And each one deserves careful attention. Here's the very first one. If there is no resurrection, our preaching is without purpose. I could have really shortened this one to say, you know, if he didn't rise from the dead, I'd be home sleeping yet. That's another way of putting it. Let's go back to verses 14 and 15. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless. And he goes on and says, we would be false witnesses about God. We've testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead. But if he didn't do it, nothing's happened. Now, if you think about that word useless for a moment, some translations say they, they use the word vain. It's in vain. And that word means without content. It means that all we have learned has come to nothing. And as I thought about it, it kind of dawned on me that no amount of education can compensate if at the heart of what you believe is just one giant lie. I mean, if Christ has not been raised from the dead, then all the education in the world cannot overcome that one fact. All the Christian scholars, all the Christian colleges, all the Christian seminaries, all the Christian books written by all of these learned Christian people would amount to absolutely nothing. Zilch. Zip. Zero. That's what Paul means here. I mean, string all the degrees you want after your name, write all the books you want to write, preach until you pass out, build the biggest church in the world... Put your name in lights. But friends, if that tomb is not empty, you're wasting your time. Here's the second one. If there's no resurrection, our faith is without forgiveness. Go back to the text here, verse 17. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Now, futile is a different word than useless. Futile means that which produces no results. It's a promise without fulfillment. It's a trip that has no destination. 
it's a story that doesn't have an end. It's a seed that produces no crop. It's a dream that never comes true. It's a game that has no winners. I mean, think about it this way. We like to say that Jesus died for our sins. You ever said that before? Jesus died for our sins. But how do we know that his death actually accomplished anything? I mean, if Christ remained in that tomb, we could never, ever be sure that God had accepted his son's sacrifice. And I would, I would suggest you that would be one of the greatest miseries of life, not to know if our sins were actually forgiven. You know, during that long weekend from Good Friday through Saturday and even early Sunday morning 2,000 years ago, I don't think anyone in the entire world could be certain that the death of Jesus had truly been enough. I mean, as long as Jesus was still in that tomb, it looked like the devil had won and Jesus had lost. And actually, many of them probably heard Jesus' last words, it's finished, it's over, it's done. Paid in full. Tetelestai in Greek. I mean, what was finished? What was paid for? Well, if Jesus doesn't rise from the dead, then Jesus is finished. The story is finished. And quite honestly, you and I are finished. That's why the resurrection is all important. Easter is a giant big amen to Good Friday. I mean, that's the great issue in Paul's mind. Are we truly forgiven or not? If Christ's been raised, the answer is yes. If Christ is still in the tomb, the answer is, sorry, no. Here's the third one. If there's no resurrection, our death is without deliverance. Again, the text says, Then those, who all, then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. I like that little phrase, fallen asleep. The Greek word for fallen asleep is komaio, komaio, from which we get another Greek word, komateria, from which we get the English word cemetery. In the beginning, where that word came from, cemetery was a distinctly Christian word. It meant sleeping place. That's where Christians buried their dead, in the sleeping place. Now, why did Christians bury their dead in the koimoteria, in the sleeping place? Well, let me ask you this question. When you go to sleep at night, what do you expect? Don't you expect to wake up the next day? I mean, Christians have always believed that those people who died in Christ will wake up someday in that great day of the resurrection. So, what are we going to say about people who passed on already? What do we say about their future? Are they just dead and gone? Will we ever see our loved ones again? Well, Paul's answer is pretty clear. He said, if Christ has not been raised, death wins. If he's still in the tomb, there's no hope. This life is all there is, and all those people who are dead are dead. Here's the fourth one. He said, if there's no resurrection, our service is without significance. Again, back to the text, verse 19. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are to be pitied 
more than all men. I mean, for Paul, this is, I think, the ultimate argument because he means that if Christ is not raised, we're just fooling ourselves. We need to be pitied. I mean, think about it. If there is, there is no foundation to our faith, then we are nothing but a bunch of self-deluded fools. If Christ has not been raised, we have absolutely no message to preach. If Christ is not raised, there's no God to listen to or hear or even answer our prayer. If Christ is not raised, there's not a person in this world who's saved. If Christ is not raised, then we ought to bring all of our missionaries home. If Christ has not been raised, we ought to shut every church in this world and sell the property and do some good with it. If Christ is not raised, then every Christian for the last 2,000 years has been dead wrong. That's what Paul means. Now sometimes, I've heard this a few times, I don't know whether you've ever heard this, but I've had some well, I can call them well-meaning Christians, have said something like this. You know, even if it's not true. It's still better to be a Christian. I mean, think of all the things you gain by being a Christian. That's, after all, at least you have Jesus in your heart. The last time I ever heard that, I looked at that person and I said, No, you don't. You don't. I mean, if Jesus is still in the tomb, you don't have him in your heart. If Jesus is in the tomb, you're just, you're just dealing in monkey business. You're just playing religious games. I mean, if Jesus is still in the tomb, it's not better to be a Christian. Now, I kind of put that in stark terms because that's how Paul puts it. He doesn't want to play games, and quite honestly, I don't want to do it either. I mean, I don't want to come to the end of my life someday and look back and say, Oh, man, Barry, you wasted your entire life preaching a lie. I don't want to do that. And friends, if Christ is still dead, then we do deserve all the pity that this world would shower on us because all we've done is believe a lie. But (laughs) we've come to the end of Paul's ifs. If Christ has not been raised, he said, our preaching is without purpose. Our faith is without forgiveness. Our death is without deliverance. Our service is without significance. If, if, if. Is there any answer? Is there any hope? Is there any reason for you and I this morning, Easter sunrise service, what is today, April the 8th, 2012, is there any reason for us to believe in the resurrection of the dead? Well, did you listen to the last verse in today's text? Paul's answer, clear as a bell, bright as the sun, Big as that full moon I saw out there this morning. Truth with no mixture of doubt. In verse 20 he says, But now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. There's two powerful words right there. I hope you caught them. Two little words. But now. But now. The resurrection of Jesus. Our coming resurrection. The resurrection of all people who have died in the faith. All of it depends on two little words. But now, up from the grave he arose. But now, with a mighty triumph over his foes. But now, he arose a victory over the dark domain. But now, he lives forever 
for the saints to reign. But now he arose. Hallelujah, Christ arose. That's our hope, friends. That's our faith. This is the word of our ancestors who believed what we believe now. This is what the earliest Christians believed. This is what Christians all around the world who gather today believe. It is no small thing for any of us to say that somebody who is dead is now alive. As I said at the beginning, all that we see is with our eyes. And what we see with our eyes sometimes seems to argue against us. But it does not depend on what we see with our eyes. Because what we see with our eyes is what is. We cannot see what will be. I mean, 2,000 years ago, Jesus came back never to die again. He was taken up to heaven where he sits today at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. One day, he's coming back. He's come to come back to this earth as King of kings and Lord of lords. And in that great day, the Bible says, the dead in Christ will rise first. So on this Easter Sunday, I say, let the doubters doubt if they want to. I'm tempted to say, all those doubters out there, (laughs) let them do it. Let them doubt. Because I'm hoping that you'll join with me in gladly joining with Christians everywhere in saying and singing and proclaiming as loud as we can that Jesus Christ is alive and he's going to be alive forevermore. We join hands with the saints that have gone on before proclaiming our faith in the risen Lord. And because he rose, guess what? We're going to rise someday too. Death and grave will not win in the end. Though we don't see it, one day, one day, mark my words, the cemetery will become resurrection territory. Therefore, here comes the giant therefore, which means I'm almost done. Therefore, our preaching has purpose, our faith has forgiveness, our death has deliverance, our service has significance. Now, you ready for this? Christ is risen. Amen. Let's stand. Let's see. Yeah.